that I've come to give you in Genesis 41, verse 51. The Bible says that in verse 51, Joseph named his older son Manasseh. Say that, Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget all my troubles. Now that is God saying, I'm Manasseh. He says, my son's name is Manasseh. Why? It means God has made me forget all of my troubles. Now we've had a rough 18 and a half months and it's been tough, you know, and we've been through the most. But I'm here to tell you that God is about to wipe out the memory of all that has happened before. The past is over, family. Manasseh represents a miracle that is so extraordinary that you forget the pain of the past. You need to grab a hold of that right now. I'm going to say it again. Manasseh represents a miracle that is so extraordinary that you forget the pain of the past. That you forget what you've been through this last 18 months because what you're about to experience is the best days of your life. Amen. I decree and declare it in the name of Jesus. Family, you see, you will have a turnaround. I decree it. You will have a testimony. You will have a transformation. And you will not even, you know, when people look at you, they'll never even know you've been through a pandemic. Amen. Say, Lord, Lord, give me my Manasseh. Amen. So family, I'm sure for those of you who are here, know that God had given me a word. And the word was, make room for the new. So that's an awesome prophetic word. And you know, apart from giving me that word and saying we need to make room for the new, he's given us instructions. You know, things that we need to do. Things that we need to comply with. Things that we need to apply and appropriate in our lives. And the one thing that he said is, we need to get back to basics. You know, we have such powerful principles in the word of God. But we neglect it because we try and reinvent the wheel. You know, we try and look for this amazing revelation and we try and find these, you know, this doctrine and this revelation. But the word of God is full of powerful principles, family. And he said to me, you need to teach my people to get back to basics. And this is, you know, this is what I've been doing and this is what I've been searching him for. You see, we've been neglecting powerful principles in the word of God. And the first part where I taught in the first session or the first time I preached was transform your thinking. We need to change the way we think. If we want to experience God's goodness and all of God's promises in our own lives, we need to get rid of the old ways, the old ways of thinking. Because the devil wants us to, you know, he wants to stifle our thinking. He wants to limit us to think that we are only confined to what we can see in front of us. That's not the God we serve. God sent his only son so that you can have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. If you are not living that overflowing life, then we need to start applying the basic principles in God's word. Amen? So we need to transform our thinking. You know, family, we have a limitless God. Please show me anywhere in this word where he places a limit on us. We have a limitless God. And guess what? He has limitless resources. And he places no limitation on us as believers. Isn't that awesome? So what is limiting us in life? Why are we limiting ourselves? What is limiting us? Say this with me. I have a limitless God who has limitless resources and places no limitation on me as a believer. Amen. You see, the Bible tells us in Romans 5:17 then we, that we are to reign and rule in this life. That's a position of a believer. That's the mandate we have as believers. We are called to reign and rule in this life. It's not for when we get to heaven. It's for us right here, right now. Amen. God has authorized us, you and I as believers, to reign and rule in this life. So as we go into this word, we receive training for reigning. Amen. That's the title of this message. We're going to receive some training in order to reign. Amen. So when we leave here, we'll not be the same again. Now, it's good to listen to this word, but the most important thing is to, when you leave this premises, you need to appropriate this word. Amen? We are not only hearers, but we are doers of the word. So I'm going to do a quick recap um, for those of you who are not here. 
The Bible tells us in Revelation 21 verse 5 from the Passion Translation, it says this, And God enthroned spoke to me and said, Consider this, I am making everything to be new and fresh. Amen? Everything to be new and fresh. We looked at Romans 12 too that says, We need to change the way we think. We need to inwardly be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So for us to be reigning and ruling in life, for us to experience God's best, we need to change and transform the way we think. Is everyone with me? So that's where change starts and takes place. It starts and takes place in our thinking. We need to change the way we look at things. You see, sometimes our problem is not our problem. I'm going to say it again. Our problem is not our problem. It is our perspective. It is how we look at the problem. How we see the problem. You see, the devil wants us to think that it's the end of the road for us. He wants us to feel that it's the end of, you know, it's over with you. He wants you to, to think that that problem is going to ruin you. But God is a God who is faithful. And he's for you. His word says that he is for you. Amen. And that means that what, when we trust in his word, when we are faithful to his word, when we change our thinking and align it to his promises, we see change happening. Amen? And that's just the first part. You know, that was part one, and I know I'm going to have part two, three, four, five, but today we're going to focus on part two. So, the, you know, once we change our thinking, what happens? We align our thinking and thoughts with the word of God. What happens is the information becomes revelation, and it starts settling into your heart. So when that information becomes revelation, the next thing that you need to do is you need to release it. You need to release that faith. You need to release that miracle that is in your mouth. And you do that through speaking. You release your faith through your words. Amen. Say that I release my faith through my words. Amen. You see, family, we release that miracle that is in your mouth through your words. And when you confess and when you say what happens, it pulls that possession or that thing towards you. Amen. And we're going to look at scripture because some of you, I don't know, are you still awake? <laughs> we need to be fully assured. And when we are fully assured in our hearts, we dare to declare. Amen. What God has given you in his promise. So say this, I have miracles in my mouth. Say it again. I have miracles in my mouth. So I encourage you, family, dare to declare. You see, your confession coupled with your faith and your thinking brings that possession to you. Amen. You have the ability. You have the ability to revolutionize your life. Say that. I have the ability to revolutionize my life. Amen. We can rewrite our future family with the power of your words. You can rewrite your future with the power of your words. Are you still with me? We're going to look at the life of Abraham. We're going to look at Gideon. What happened? God said to Gideon, you mighty man of valor. At the weakest moment of his life, when he was hiding away, God called him a mighty man of valor. You see, God released his future with his words. God called him that. Are you releasing your future with your words? What are you speaking into your future? Are you speaking doubt, unbelief? Are you complaining? That's not kingdom culture. Amen? That's not how God wants us to speak. We're going to look at some scripture. And the first one I want to touch on is in Hebrews 11 and verse 3. Listen to what it says. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed or created by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I want to focus on the first part. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed or created by the word of God. The world or the current place where we find ourselves in every universe was created and formed by the word of God. That's how he created this world. He used words, family. And this scripture is where we find or gives rise to the law of confession. You see, confession is a law. What is a law? 
A law is a principle that is based on predictable consequences of an act. What does that mean? That means if I jump down this small pulpit, what's going to happen? I'm going to fall, right? If I jump, if I go on the roof right now and I jump down from the roof, what's going to happen? I'm going to fall down. It's the law of gravity. So that means if I do something, there's going to be a consequence or an action that's going to, that's going to happen. Do you agree with me? If I jump down the building, I'm going to fall down. Just like natural laws, there are spiritual laws, family. You see, God set the universe in motion with the power of his words. And by doing so, he established the law of confession. So when we apply this law, when we start appropriating this law, what will happen? Exactly what we say will happen. Because a law, if we do something, something else, a consequence is going to happen. When we apply the law of confession in our lives, we're going to see the fruits of our lips. Amen? You see, sometimes the devil wants believers to think that it's too simple. You see, the church is too intelligent for this. You know, we, we try and think that we, it's too basic. And that's the trick of the devil. He wants us not to apply these words, and we're going to look at why he doesn't want us to apply and appropriate this law. We need to apply the word of God, family. See, many believers have suffered needlessly. Why? Because they misunderstand the power of their words. Not only that, they fail to realize the connection between their words and what they have in their lives. You see, you are sum total of everything that you've said. Amen? I'm going to say it again. Whatever you have or wherever you are in your life, you are sum total of everything that you've said. So what are you saying concerning your life? You see, the Bible says in Genesis 1, and we're going to look at a few scriptures, so don't even go there. It says in 1 verse 3, then God said. In verse 6, it says again, then God said. In verse 9, then God said. Verse 11, then God said. Verse 14, then God said. Verse 20, then God said. Verse 24, then God said. Verse 26, then God said. Verse 29, and God said said God said God released everything with the power of his words that's the law of confession you see everything that God desired you see everything that he created he spoke into being God created us in his own image and his own likeness that means that you and I family must function as God functioned as he did so if he said then what do we have to do? We need to say, you see, the church struggles with this. Why? Because we have been taught something indifferent. We've been taught something totally different than the way God made us. God made you and I speaking spirits. There's no other human form or life form that is able to speak besides us. God made you in his likeness and his image. Your words have creative power. The devil doesn't want you to realize that. You see, why does he not want you to realize that? When you start operating like God, you will start expressing the same abilities as God. You'll start creating everything that God wants you to create. I'm going to say it again. When you start operating like God in the principles of God, in his image and his likeness, you will express the same ability of God. And the devil doesn't want that. You see, we are called to plant heaven on earth, and we do that with our words. Genesis 1-2, the, we, when we look at Genesis 1-2, and you don't have to go there, right in the beginning, it said the Spirit was hovering over the waters. You remember that, right in the beginning. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for God's word to be released. The Spirit was hovering. It says there was darkness and void was dark and void and he was waiting and he was waiting what was he waiting for he was waiting for the word of God to be released and the minute that word of God was released what happened God said light be and light was that's the power of your word when you release that word the Holy Spirit the angels are waiting to bring it to pass to dissolve anything that's in your path that is not of God to create anything that you need out of nothing. That's the spirit of faith, family. You see, the spirit of God needs the word of God to come out of your mouth. 
so that it can manifest in your life. The Spirit of God needs the Word of God to come out of your mouth so that it can manifest in your life. That's God's chosen method. If you are keeping quiet and your mouth is shut, then I'm afraid your destiny will be shut too. Amen? You see, you are now a composite of everything that you've been saying. Your children are a composite of everything that you've been saying. See, it's not only enough to believe, family. We need to believe, we need to transform our thinking, and we need to release our faith with our words. Amen? The devil wants you to sit quietly in a corner and keep quiet. And that's not what God wants us to do. You are not designed to say something and expect something different. You are not designed to say some things and expect something different. You are designed, family, to look at a problem and say something different. <laughs> you are designed to look at a problem and say something different, according to the word of God. When Jesus heard about Lazarus and he heard that Lazarus was dead, what did he say? Did he choose to say, Lazarus is dead? I need to run now and go and No, what did he say? No, he's not dead. He chose to say something different to what he saw. Amen? You are designed to call things into manifestation. You are designed to call things into manifestation. You see, the enemy tricked us, and he taught us to say what we see. <laughs> he wants you to say what you see. You see, when we, see, when we look outside, I can see the tree, I can see the cars. He wants us to say that. We are not of this kingdom. We are not of this world. He's designed, everyone else, the world is designed to say what they see. That is not kingdom culture, family. You are designed to plant heaven here on earth and you do it through your words. The power of the Holy Spirit will dissolve what you see and manifest what you don't see. The power of the Holy Spirit will dissolve what you do see and manifest what you don't see. Amen. His word is forever settled in heaven. His word is forever settled in heaven, family. So what do we need to do? We need to take the word that is settled in heaven and plant it in the earth with our words. Stop looking at things in the natural. Stop looking at things in the natural and you need to use your words to change that spiritual reality. Amen? Are you still with me? Amen. Romans 10, 9 says, The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And verse 10 says, And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, family, we need to get our heart and our mouth in agreement. We need to get our heart and our mouth in agreement. It's amazing to believe. You know, you can believe God for amazing things in your heart. You can have them believe him for everything in your heart. But we need to release it with our words of faith. There need to be a connection. There's a definite connection between what is in our heart and what we say. You see, many people believe that this principle is too basic. And I've said this. And what do they do? They go around saying, I'm so sick. I'm sick and tired. Guess what? When you're sick and tired, don't ask me why. <laughs> they go around saying, these kids drive me crazy. When they are crazy, don't come and ask me why. They go around saying, I'm dying to go to the movies. No, family. We release our faith with words and through our confession. The spirit of faith is believing God and releasing your faith through your words. So when we release all those negative words, that will manifest in our lives. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.13 from the New Living says, But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith. I believed in God, so I spoke. So whatever we believe, family, we need to release through our faith. The, the Passion Translation says it this way. It says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we need to release our faith with our speaking. The spirit of faith is one that believes and says what it believes, despite what is happening in the natural. 
There can be a tornado outside and I can stand here and say I'm protected by the blood of Jesus. Despite what's happening around us, despite your natural circumstances, you need to speak it in faith. Amen? It's not one or the other. It is a combination of believing and releasing it through your words. Proverbs 18, 20, and you know the scripture very well. 20 and 21 says, or let's go to 21. It says, words kill. Words give life. They either poison or fruit. You choose. That's from the message translation. The New King James says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of Satan. Did it say that? No. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. You see, what you have is in direct proportion to what you think and what you speak. You see, as believers, we think that our words are just sounds and noises. You know, we just make these noises. No, family. Your words are powerful. They are spirit. And they are containers of the power and the creative power of God. Those angels are waiting for you to say something so they can go forth and bring it to pass. When you release that word, angels go and work on your behalf. So where's your miracle right now? In your mouth. Your miracle is in your mouth. You need to release it. You see, there's healing. There's freedom and favor in your mouth. You need to release it. You need to get in agreement with God. You see, we're waiting for God to release something, family. We're waiting patiently for God to release certain things. But you're not saying anything. Your mouth is shut. You're not saying anything. You're waiting for God, but God is waiting for you. Amen. He wants you to release that. Isaiah 57 says, and this is so powerful from verse 19. This is God speaking. He says, I, God speaking, create the fruit of your lips. I, God, create the fruit of your lips. God said that he will create the fruit of your lips. That means that he will form, he will fashion, and he will mold what is coming out of your mouth. So he will create it, family. If it doesn't exist, guess what? He's going to create it. He said that in his eyes. It's not me, family. We need to activate God's miracle working power through our words. God says, I have linked my creative miracle working power inseparably to the words that you speak in your life. I can create whatever you keep speaking. I form and fashion and mold and constantly mold what you pray for, what you confess and what you pray for. Isn't that powerful, family? Whatever you utter, that word, the word, of the, the word fruit means to utter. So whatever you utter, God creates. Whatever comes out of your lips, what you speak, when you speak, Whatever you hold fast, whatever confession you hold fast to, God creates that. Isn't that awesome? See, man has the power to speak, to talk, and to confess. That's the way God made us. He made us as speaking spirits. So that means that your words have power. It's very quiet in here, family. Are you still awake? When God created us, he created us as a speaking spirit like God. you created in God's image. Your words have power. When we speak things into existence, they shall come to pass. The Bible says, the serpent said to Eve. Guess what? The serpent could talk. The serpent said to Eve. So the serpent could talk, family, and when God cursed it, he defeated it. He took the power to speak away from the devil. <laughs> so guess what? If a demon is going to talk, he's going to speak and talk through somebody. That is why the devil wants us to release fear-filled words. That is why he wants us to talk negatively. That is why he wants us to gossip. Why? When we do this, we are held in captive and in bondage by what we have said. We authorize him to do what we say. Proverbs 6, 2 from the Amplified says, you are snared, or another word for snared is trapped, with the words of your lips. 
You are snared or trapped with the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. You see the wrong confession or the negative confession we make? Guess what happens? We glorify Satan. Family, stop sabotaging your success through your words, through your complaining, through your negative talk. Don't use your words to assassinate your destiny and the promise that God has and the plan that God has for your life. Psalm 39 says, Psalm 39 verse 1 says, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. Why, family? Because Satan is waiting on your words. He's waiting on the words of your mouth to keep you in bondage, to keep you trapped. Oh, I hate my job. No, I don't really hate my job. Not me. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm so broke. This will never change. I will never get out of this situation. I will never be healed. Stop saying those things, family. Because the moment you release that, and if you continue saying that, that will exactly be your portion in life. Instead of talking of the world's condition or your problems and issues, let's talk about heaven's abilities. Amen? Instead of talking about your issues, your problems, let's talk about heaven's abilities. We can have what we say, so stop saying what you have. I'm going to say it again. You can have what you say, so stop saying what you have. Psalm 45 verse 1 says, My heart is overflowing with a good theme. My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. So what are you writing with your words? This means that you can use your tongue to write how your story will end. You can change your story right now. You can revolutionize your life and rewrite your future with the power of your words. You see, the pen family is not in God's hand or Satan's hand. The Bible says the pen is in your, t- in your mouth. That's what I just read to you. The pen is not in God's hand or Satan's hands. It's in your mouth. Job 22:28 says, You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Not it might be established, not maybe I'll think about it being established. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Who makes decrees? Kings and queens, right? You know, like in the UK, they have a queen. She makes a decree and it becomes law, right? Kings and queens make a decree. Royalty. You and I are royalty family. We created in his image and his likeness. So that means we need to decree a few things. Do you agree with me? We need to decree a few things. New miracles, new signs and wonders, new divine and supernatural manifestations in your life. Unexpected breakthroughs, unexpected finances, new organs in your bodies, lungs, hearts, kidneys in Jesus' name. New supernatural strength, new purpose, new visions and dreams, new faith family, new peace which surpasses all understanding. New relationships, godly relationships, new opportunities, new business ideas, new business ideas, new financial income, wherever, seven streams of income from the north, the south, wherever it may come from, seven streams of consistent income. I release it right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, new members in this church, fresh anointing right now in Jesus' name. I release it. New members in this church, new souls in this kingdom, planted in this kingdom. You see, family, kings and queens don't walk around screaming and shouting. I don't know about you. Did you see the queen shouting out, you owe me money. Stop doing that. I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to sort you out. You don't see the queen doing that, family. She makes a decree and it's established. You know, we call to fight one fight, and that is the fight of faith. Do you agree with me? The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. But when I look around, I see Christians fighting all kinds of fights, family. I see them fighting on Facebook. I see them fighting in the street. I see them fighting with their boss, with their husbands, with their wives. We are not called to fight that kind of fight, family. 
That's the devil trying to distract us. Amen. He wants to keep us so occupied with trivial things, petty things in the natural, because he doesn't want you to get revelation of the power of the words you speak. Stop fighting. You don't need to defend yourself on Facebook and on all social media platforms. Amen. You don't need to worry about what people are saying. You need to worry about what the King of Kings says about you. Amen. What his word says who you are. Your identity is found in his word. And he calls you royalty. That means you just need to make decrees and declarations and declare according to his word and watch him bring it to pass. The devil wants to keep us focused on the natural. He wants us to have a low life. You know, walk around with the chickens when we are called to be eagles. Amen. Rise, family. We need to rise. Stop fussing. Stop arguing. Stop entertaining the devil's distractions. Decree a thing and it shall be established like the king or queen that you are. Amen. You see, Jesus taught us this powerful principle and he showed, you know, he showed his disciple how it, disciples how it works. In Mark 11, we see, and we're not going to go through everything for the sake of time. Mark 11, verse 14, it says, in response, or we know this, or let's go from verse 12 rather. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if it perhaps he could find something to eat on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So he released a word, and they heard it. Verse 20 said, says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw a fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you have cursed has withered away. So merely speaking to that fig tree, the disciples referred to it as cursing. They said he cursed the fig tree, but we see that Jesus just spoke to it. He released this words. Amen. When we release negative words, what are we doing? It is equated to a curse. What you're saying about your situation, about your children, about your boss, about your health, about your finances, are you blessing it or are you cursing it? Every time you decree and declare a thing, unseen chains are either being broken or strongholds are being released through your words. And trapping you, trapping your children. You know, it's so easy to get caught up. You drive me crazy. Look at what you're doing. You, I'm not even going to repeat that. But you know what I'm saying, family. We need to stop doing that. And we need to, when you feel the urge, you know, to release those words, it's not enough to just stop it. Release words of faith, of affirmation. Say to your child, you are so bold, you are so brave, you have great manners, you are kind, you are loving, you love God, you have a great relationship with him. You know, you are doer of God's word. My finances, I have seven streams of income. I am blessed beyond measure. I'm rich beyond my wildest imagination. You know, money is coming in, lots of money, billions and millions of dollars coming in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I'm healed. I'm whole. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I am a giver. The windows of heaven are open above me. You need to declare that. My boss loves me. I am highly favored. I stand head and shoulders above everyone. I am distinguished. I am sought after by society. I am blessed beyond measure. You need to do that, family. And when we do that, watch God move in your life. Watch him move. Watch him move heaven and earth to bring that to pass, family. You see, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You see, your mountain knows your voice. Your mountain knows your voice. He said, you shall have whatever you say. What are you saying about that teenager? What are you saying about your marriage? What are you saying about this country? What are you saying about your business or your economy? What are you saying? 
You need to speak to that mountain family. Speak the word of God to that mountain. You see, we serve a God of miracles. He's a mountain moving God. You either believe it or you don't. He can move the mountain of cancer. He can move the mountain of COVID. He can move the mountain of financial disaster. He can move the mountain of addiction. But you have to open your mouth. You see, too many Christians are trying to climb the mountain. We've become expert mountain climbers. We want to climb the mountain that's in front of you. No, family. God said we must speak to the mountain. Not call 14 friends and tell them how big the mountain is. Discuss the mountain. When we do that, we're glorifying Satan, family. Don't be like Zechariah. You know, Zechariah, the Holy Spirit came to me and said, you're going to have a child. And what did he do? He started talking against the miracle. And what happened? God shut his mouth until the promise was fulfilled. I pray that God can shut some of our mouths. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we need to not, not glorify Satan with those negative words, family. We must continuously be releasing words of faith so that God can get into motion and get those things to us. You see, we must say it before we see it. Say this with me. I need to say it before I see it. You see, the devil, you know, when we start doing that, people look at us and they start thinking we are a bit off and, and think we're lying. You see, when we start confessing what we don't see, you know, the devil wants us to believe that we're lying and he wants us to think that we're lying. Let's look at an account in the Bible in Mark 5. You know this account. Um, it says in Mark 5:39, and I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Let me just get there. Let's read from verse 36. So Jesus overheard them, and this was the account of Jairus. And he said, don't be afraid, just have faith. In verse 39 or 37b, Jesus says, what is all this commotion? Actually, it's 39. And what is all this weeping? This child isn't dead. She's only asleep. You see, Jesus didn't speak what he saw and what everyone, the commotion around us. He didn't speak what he saw. He spoke and released faith. We know she was dead because they'd sent a message already. Do you agree with me? You said, they said, Jesus doesn't have to come. She's dead. It's over. It's done. But what did Jesus say? What is all this commotion? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. No matter how bleak your situation looks, family, no matter how desperate it looks, it might look like it's over. It's not over till it's over. Amen. You know, it might look dead to you. The situation might look dead. That job opportunity, that business opportunity, your health, it might look dead. Family, it's not dead until it's, we speak the word. Until we release those words, it's not over. Amen. He said, she's not dead. She's only asleep. You see, Jesus was calling Heaven's realities forward. He said, I will give you long life. I will satisfy you with long life. That's the promise. He was speaking heaven's realities. Look at what verse 40 says. The crowd laughed at him. The crowd laughed at him. And that's exactly what will happen, family. People will start laughing at you when you start doing this. And they will think that you're a bit off. But we stick and hold fast to the confessions. Amen. We hold fast to what God says we must do. God says we are not lying. We are merely saying, how can I be lying if I'm merely saying what God said? If God says I'm healed, am I lying if I say I'm healed? No. If God says I'm blessed, am I lying if I say I'm blessed? If God says he will take care of all my needs, am I lying if he says all my needs are met? No, family, you're not lying. You're simply agreeing with God. You're simply agreeing with the truth. Amen. We're agreeing with the truth and that overrides the facts. And when we do that, it releases creative power and ability to bring to pass what we've said. That is so powerful. I pray that you receive it and you grasp it today, family. That you leave here and you start declaring, declaring God's promises over your life. No matter where you come from, family, God took me out of abject poverty and you've heard my story. You know, my family lost everything. 
And I came to know Jesus Christ as a young boy. And you know, the devil, the minute I got introduced to this, you know, speaking positively and positive confession, the devil lied and said, what are you talking about? Look at where you're living. You know, you have no electricity. You're living in this house, but your friends don't know what you're going through in that house. You have no food. And I started believing and confessing God's word. God, you taking me out of this situation. My family is blessed. You know, you'll see me through. I, you know, and then the devil started to make me think, how will you do this and figure out how will this happen? He wants us to keep focused on the natural family. God doesn't want you to do that. And I kept confessing and declaring that I am blessed. I will fulfill my God-given destiny. And I will see God's goodness in my life. And I watched God transform and change and take me out of that life family. And I watched God bless my family and restore everything that we've lost. And standing here today, I'm blessed because of God's love, his mercy, and his grace. And because I know God's word works, family. You need to release your words of faith. Why do we say that? When we release our words of faith, family, it commits God to make it good. Because God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. When we release those faith-filled words, it commits God to make good on his promises. We need to turn our faith loose with our words, family. You see, what did, what did Jesus do in the next part of that scripture? He shut everyone out. And it says that he chased them out of the room. They laughed at him, but he made them leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and into the room where the girl was lying. And what did he say? Talita kum, little girl, get up. And immediately she stood up. You see, we need to shut out the negative talk. Leave the room when people start talking negatively and complaining. Walk away from, you know, all of that negativity, all that complaining, all that negative talk. Shut it out. Shut out whatever you're hearing about your situation, about this country, about your circumstance. Shut it out, family. Whatever your uncles and aunts and brothers and cousins are saying about you, about your life, about your situation. We need to shut that out. We need to start applying this powerful principle, family. We need to apply this principle which comes from the Spirit of God. Amen? We need to constantly evaluate our words. I like to say it this way. We need to sanitize our speech. <laughs> we need to check if our mouth is actually saved. Amen. We need to make sure that we're speaking life. We are not speaking defeat. Because when you speak defeat, don't expect to walk in victory. Amen. When we speak lack, don't expect to walk in abundance. When we speak sickness, don't expect to have your healing. We need to get to a place where we say something and it manifests. That's the God we serve. I read you the scripture. He's a miracle working God. He said, I will do the miracles for you. It should be mandatory in our lives. Miracles should be mandatory. That's what I wake up every morning and I expect miracles every single morning. I release it with my mouth. I say, it, Lord, I'm expectant of a miracle today. I walk in miracle signs and wonders every single day of my life. Amen. We need to get to that place. Stop confusing your spirit. I'm going to say that again. Stop confusing your spirit. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Amen. Stop confusing your spirit. Hebrews 1.3 says, Who being in the brightness of his glory and the figure of substance and upholding all things by the word of his power. So God not only created and formed this word, world by his word he's upholding it with his word he will fix this world by his words that is released through your and I your mouth and my mouth on this earth family you see when Jesus said to Peter come he defied gravity and he walked on water based on one word one word family come one word and what happened Peter defied gravity I don't know anyone else I've never heard and seen that has walked on water. One word. One word. That's all you need. Come. And he defied gravity. That's the power of the spoken word, family. 
in the midst of the storm, when the disciples were afraid, what did Jesus do? He spoke to the storm. He said, cease. And what happens? The storm ceased. He released words of faith. You need to release your words of faith in your situation. Amen. You need to release the words of faith from your mouth into your situation. You need to declare it. You need to declare God's promises over that situation that you're facing. You know, a few years ago, in actual fact, about eight years ago, um, I'd, we'd, I'd been married for a year or so, and my wife was pregnant, and we'd had a miscarriage, and we'd lost the first baby, and God promised us and said, you will have a baby, and you will have a son, and he, he gave us a name, and he spoke to both of us. And a few months later, we trusted and believed God, and we prayed, and God said, you will have a son, and his name will be Jaden. And Jaden means God has answered. Because we trusted and believed God for a child and a baby boy. And God said, I'm faithful to my promise. And you will have a son and his name will be Jaden. And we both of us, you know, God had given us this name. And we believed God. And one day I said to my wife, do you have a name? Because she, she'd fallen pregnant. And I said, I have a name. Do you have a name? And I said, don't tell me the name. Write the name down. And I'll write the name down. And we'll see. And God had given us three names. And we, we wrote two names were exactly the same. There's one that was off. But we had the exact same names. Because God spoke to us. And God said, I have answered. And you will have a son. And it so happened, she was a flight attendant. So she stopped flying. And she was working in the office. And one day I received a call. And... You know, she said, you need to come and fetch me from work. She was seven months pregnant. I'll never forget this day. And you need to urgently come and fetch me from work. And I said to her, but you have a car. Why do I need to come fetch you from work? What's wrong? And she didn't want to say what's happening. She just said, come fetch me. And I said, no, what is wrong? And she gave the phone to her boss. And her boss said, you need to come and fetch her because her water just broke. Now I sat back and I'm like, something doesn't seem right. She's not even seven months pregnant. How can her water have broken? Something doesn't feel right. And, you know, I said to her, I said, give the phone back to Megan. And I said, please check if it's not just that you wet your pants. <laughs> because, you know, pregnant women sometimes do that. Please check and make sure. And she said, you need to get here and I need to go to the hospital. Needless to say, I rushed her to pick her up. We went to the hospital, got to the emergency room. And the first thing they did is they did a test to check what water was it, you know, because they needed to test that. And they advise us that this is, you know, the water that surrounded the, I can't remember the name, but, you know, the babies in the sack. And that's the water. They did a test and it matched. And they said to us, this means that your wife's water is broken and she's going into labor. And we'll have to do a Caesar to take the baby out because there's not enough water surrounding the baby. And that means that the baby's in danger and we'll have to take this baby out at less than seven months. That means you need to go home, pack your bags. This baby is going to be in ICU because he doesn't even weigh a few grams. You're going to be in hospital for two months. And they gave us a long list and said, take this list and go buy all these things on this list. And immediately, both of us burst into tears because what are you talking about? God, you gave us a promise. Now, in the midst of your situation and your storm and all this commotion, the devil doesn't want you to think about his word. So we both were in our senses and we started crying and we became emotional. And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what did I say to you seven months ago? What did I say to you seven months ago? I said, I've answered and you will have a son. And immediately I stepped back and I allowed Megan to, you know, continue doing what she needed to. And I said, Lord, you spoke to me and you said that you have given us a son. And I stand on your promise and I release these words. And I said, my son will not die. And my son will live. And then they said, go and buy this list. And I said, sorry, I'm not going to buy anything on this list. You can give me the list. I'm going home. I stayed with Megan. They started injecting her, you know, with these injections to strengthen the baby's lungs because the next day they were going to do a Caesar and take out the, <laughs> the baby. And I continued to confess. And I said to Megan, you need to strengthen yourself now. And I went home. And as I set foot in the door, the Holy Spirit gave me the scripture. And it's in Isaiah 66 verse 11. 
and the message translation, clear as day, he gave me this scripture, Isaiah 66, 11. It says, you will not have your children snatched from you. I think I shared a Facebook memory a few, a few weeks ago. And that memory is exactly eight years ago. This is the exact scripture. On the exact day that it happened, I put the scripture up. It says, you will not have your children snatched from you, from the message translation. And I stood up and I said, I decree and I declare that I will have a normal baby that will be delivered normally without any complications or issues or problems. And he will be a born at the appointed time that God appointed him to be born. And I continue thanking God. What did I do, family? In the midst of that situation, I released words of faith, the promise found in God's word. I could have started crying and started phoning everyone and started releasing negative words and started complaining and questioning God, but I chose to release faith-filled words. The next day, Got to the hospital, Megan was extremely calm, and the doctor called and said, we need to go and do another sonar before the operation, and we got to the, the x-ray, and they did a sonar, and I could see this confused look on this doctor's face, and inside I knew exactly what was happening, and she stopped, and she went out for a few minutes, she came back with somebody else, they did it together, and they looked at each other, and she looked at me and she said, oh, well, I don't know what happened, but there's enough water to keep the baby sustained for the full time. <laughs> Family, there was no water. Her water broke. There was no water the previous day. But God, through speaking faithful words, created something out of nothing and filled her womb with water. And I'm testament today that a few months later, exactly at the appointed time, on the 18th of December, nine months later, Jaden was born and he's turning eight or nine this year, alive, as healthy as ever, with the biggest mouth. He thinks he's my father. So God is faithful to his words, family. In the midst of your circumstance, in the midst of whatever you're facing, you need to declare God's word. Don't be consumed by what is happening around you by the situation or the circumstance. Release God's word. The Bible says in Joel 3.10, let the weak say I am strong. You know, it's easy to speak positively when, when everything is going right and when things are going well in your life. Then you will have no problem speaking positive faith confessions. But you need to do that in the midst of your struggle. When you can't see any change, family, you need to release those faith-filled words. And you need to give voice to what God says about your situation. You need to give voice to what God says about your situation. You see, God is waiting for you to say something about your situation. Numbers 14, 28 says, So tell them, as surely as I love, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. God is waiting for you to say something about your situation. You see, David preceded his victory with his words. Despite the huge giant in front of him, despite how Goliath taunted him and taunted the army with the comments he made, he chose to speak what God said. He chose to trust in his covenant-keeping God. You see, we need to let the outside noise of your issues and your situation be drowned out. Don't let it contaminate your heart and contaminate your spirit because eventually if we do that, we're going to start saying the negative stuff. Amen? See, Goliath laughed at him. Do you agree? You remember what it said? It said Goliath laughed at him when he declared God's promise and what God had said about him. Don't let the outside noise contaminate your confession of faith. Continue to declare the promises of God. Hold fast to that confession and that profession. Amen? You see, when we look at the life of Abraham, that's exactly what happened. God changed his name. And until that change takes place from Abram to Abraham and people started declaring, you are a father of multitude. Every time they said Abraham, they were declaring, you are a father of multitude. And in the next three months, something that took a few years that didn't happen, in three months after God changed his name, he became a father family. Something out of nothing at a hundred years old. Nothing is impossible with God family. 
You see, that's the spirit of faith. We have the power to change our destiny. You have the power to change your future, your situation. You see, Jesus went around. Everywhere he went, he confessed, number one, who he is, what he is, and what his mission in life was. He did that all the time. You go and look at every account. He said that. He declared who he is, what he is, and his mission in life. We need to do the same. Amen? We need to continue going out there and releasing our words. Exodus 16, 8 says, The Lord heard the complaints of the people. The Lord heard the complaints of the people. What are you complaining about? What are you saying? You see, when we do that, it does not please the Lord family. God speaks things to existence and creates something out of nothing, and you possess the same power. And when we say these negative things, he hears what we're saying. Amen. He heard the complaints of those people. And what happened? They didn't possess the promised land. Amen. You see, the word of God in your mouth is the instrument that God uses to confront the challenges. Say that with me. The word of God in my mouth is the instrument God uses to confront all the challenges that I face. Jeremiah 1.12 says, God watches over his word to perform it. And we give voice to that word, family. Job 6.24 says, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Proverbs 21.23 says, he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from trouble. So we're not only to watch our words, we're also to release faithful words through our speaking. Amen. So with that said, family, I want to close with some powerful declarations. It would only be fitting to do that, right? I'm teaching you on this, so let's, let's release these powerful confessions together. Let's say this. I serve the God. Oh, come on, family. You can do better than that. I serve El Shaddai, and He will supply. El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, will supply. I will not. Let's do this again. I will not only survive, but I will thrive. I will prosper in spite of problems and pandemics. Every setback is a setup for a greater comeback. God takes the struggle out of my steps. Favor locates me. Today, I arise in the strength and the power of God. I serve God Almighty, the all-sufficient one the God of plenty. Lord, you are my source. I depend on you today for my supply. You are my shepherd and I shall not want. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I am experiencing heaven on earth. I am blessed beyond measure. I am living in a new season of my life. There's an open heaven of supplication for me. I declare divine favor shall prevail in my life. I declare my eyes are open to all of heaven's realities. I declare I experience the supernatural power of God operating in my life. I declare I am shifting from confessing to possessing. There's no difficulty in my life. There's nothing too hard for God. Every mountain, every mountain, I speak to you right now. Be leveled in the name of Jesus. Divine finger of God, catapult me now into my destiny. I decree and declare the blessings of God. Overtake me now in Jesus' name. Every good and perfect gift, money, inheritances, businesses, ideas, opportunities, health are mine right now in the name of Jesus. I have seven streams of income right now in Jesus' name. I am blessed to be a blessing. I am a soul winner. I bring people into the kingdom of God. This church is flourishing. This church is flourishing. This church is flourishing. This church is a lighthouse to everyone in this community. This community is touched by this church in Jesus' name. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy and I'm wise. I release it right now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, family. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
God. Thank you, precious Jesus. Let's just give Him the praise. Father, we praise You. Oh, we thank You, Lord God, that we have released right now Your promises. And we thank You that it is so. It is done in the mighty, most powerful name of Jesus. Thank You, Father, that we have great faith. We know that nothing is impossible with You. Whatever these Your people are believing You for, whatever they're declaring, Father, it is done in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank You for a greater anointing, Lord God. A greater anointing, a refreshing touch on every person, Lord God. Those listening, those watching, those who are here in Jesus' mighty, most powerful name. Father, we're careful to give You all the glory, honor, and praise. And we know, Father God, that you are not a man that you should lie. We thank you that every word goes forth and accomplishes what we sent it out to accomplish. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. We praise you, Father. Thank you, precious Jesus.